Hello, and welcome to Cannabis for the Rest of Us. One of the main reasons I started this journey was to learn more about medicinal cannabis and its potential to change people's lives for the better. My guest today is Nico Regenti, the co-founder of Strangene, a company that uses your DNA to generate a personalized cannabis health report, which includes insights for finding the best cannabis strain or product to help with your particular medical condition. He is also the CEO and co-founder of Wostork, an online cannabis marketplace which helps customers purchase the right cannabis for their needs. I spoke with Nico in his office in Santa Monica, California. Thank you so much for joining me today, Nico. Uh, for the record, I am wearing glasses so that I appear smarter than I am. Uh, how's that working so far? <laughs> it's working like a charm on me. <laughs> okay, excellent. So before we dive into uh, Strain Genie, I want to explore your background a little bit. You had a double major of philosophy and psychology at NYU, then earned your master's degree and PhD in cognitive neuroscience at UCLA. And pardon the pun, but that seems like a left and right brain thing to me. <laughs> um, you know, going from the study of the mind to the actual wiring of the brain. So. Can you tell me a little bit about what led you down your path? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny way uh, to put it, actually. You know, a lot like yourself, I guess, I, I started out with a strong interest in journalism. I actually went to school originally for journalism. Uh, I wanted to be a writer, uh, you know, back all the way, throwback to high school as editor-in-chief of the paper there. So I always, you know, had this passion for storytelling um, and putting things, you know, into a way that can reach a m wide audience and be easily digestible. Uh, and then all of that kind of got turned on its head when I took my first neuroscience class, uh, which was, you know, part, uh, it was kind of like an elective that I could take that was part of my philosophy major at the time because I was doing a double in philosophy and journalism. And anyway, so I took that one class and it was everything changed for me from there uh, because I kind of came to this realization that, you know, a lot of the questions that I wanted to answer with philosophy needed more data, needed more evidence. And a lot of the questions I had in philosophy were relating to, you know, personal identity, memory, how the mind works. Uh, so, you know, then I kind of read some work and that's what brought me out to LA was to work on some projects that were, you know, about very specific memories. And that kind of helped me answer some questions about personal identity, which is what got me into neuroscience in the first place. That's fascinating. So, you didn't come out here to pursue that. It's something that happened while you were here. And how did you just, did you just decide to go to UCLA? Like, hey, I'm <laughs> well, ready to go do this now. How'd that happen? Yeah, maybe I was a little unclear. So I, when I was still in New York, um, I had learned about a researcher who was doing some studies about memory that were very particularly of interest to me because they were autobiographical memories and specific episodes, which, you know, I don't know if you've seen uh, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Yes. But, you know, that kind of got a lot of, my philosophical thinking going about personal identity, et cetera. Anyway, so when I was in New York, I was in this lab and I got introduced to uh, this person's work and I was just so enthralled and I just called him up and I was like, what can I do to be a part of this? And he's like, wow, funny you say that because I'm starting a new lab at UCLA and I need someone with, I had some, you know, programming qualifications at the time. He's like, I need someone basically with your skill set. I can't pay you for a little bit, but if you come out here, you know, I'll put you on the right track. So I was like, say no more. I literally got in my car three weeks later and drove across the country. Oh my God, that's fascinating. <laughs> Talk about a door opening, right? Yeah, it, was, it's like, it was meant to be, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So I'm a firm believer in medicinal cannabis and the body's ability to heal itself. 
Can you briefly describe the endocannabinoid system, um, the concept of homeostasis, and the role that cannabis plays in, in both of those things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so let's see, from a, from a you know, 10,000 foot view, your, your endocannabinoid system is essentially, right, let's endo, means it's endogenous. It's your endogenous cannabinoid system, meaning that your body and, and brain, your, your nervous system essentially, is operating with a couple key variables. One are neurotransmitters, particularly anandamide, um, and it, it comes into play with a lot of other different neurotransmitters as well. Um, and then actually the receptors. So essentially neurons or cells talk to each other through chemical messaging systems, right? Chemicals will leave one neuron and go to the other neuron and excite that neuron to say, hey, you know, activate. And then, you know, it's who knows how that ends up to be a subjective feeling. We're going to leave that for another podcast. (laughs) But yes, staying at the 30,000 foot view. (laughs) So the signaling (laughs) happens there, right? So there's a specific system of neurons um, that is called the endocannabinoid system that responds specifically to endocannabinoids and cannabinoids. So that's where cannabis comes into the picture because when you're taking cannabinoids, putting them into your body, they're interacting specifically with this system. Uh, So that's end you know, important, it's an important measure because it ties back into the homeostasis is that this system of cells, your endocannabinoid system, is one of the most pervasive systems in your body, second only, I believe, to glutamate, which kind of takes care of everything. You've probably heard of glutamine. Um, So it's involved very intimately in regulation of mood, behavior, sleep, et cetera. And that's kind of why cannabis has had this ability to help with so many different issues because it's it's interacting with the endocannabinoid system which has this pervasive architecture you know is in your hypothalamus is controlling you know your appetite right everybody gets the munchies but you know um it's involved in so many different things especially development now where homeostasis comes in right so homeostasis is essentially um the ability to keep things let's say, in a certain calm Zen state, right? So, so a great example of that is the fact that our body temperature is always 98.6 degrees. If it's not, something's wrong, right? right. We're out Right, of something's off. Exactly. Right. You're sick. Exactly. So I'm, that I'm off. calling in sick to work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that off means that you're off of the homeostasis. So homeostasis is not being off, right? That balance. Um, so the, the endocannabinoid system and anandamide, uh, which is the chemical messenger that's used endogenously, actually, you know, play a role in that system. So that's why things like CBD can help your cis, your endogenous system get back to that homeostasis if you've been knocked out. So is it fair to say that we're almost naturally wired for cannabis to help our bodies and, and achieve homeostasis? I, I strongly believe that. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a big part of the developmental process. It seems as though, you know, the plant is just so appealing to us for so many different reasons, even just smell. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's a nice matrimony of, of man and nature. <laughs> How did Strange Genie come to exist? Um, was this something that was in the back of your mind or did you have the proverbial light bulb moment? <laughs> I mean, how did it how did it come to be? Yeah, the, there was a bit of a light bulb moment. Um, I it, in my neuroscience study, I was studies. I was you know using machine learning, which has this you know great ability to help personalize things, suggest new you know 
uh, pieces of information. Um, but really, it was the personalization part that really got me going. And, and I was using it to kind of unveil neural correlates of memory or, you know, predict, will this person respond to this OCD treatment? Or is this person going to recover from a coma? So I was using it in this more clinical sense and, especially, and from the neuroscience angle. Meanwhile, at the same time, uh, I'm watching several different people in my life that are very close to me go through the process that a lot of us know of trial and error with cannabis, right? Trying, knowing that cannabis has the medical potential, but not finding the relief and effectiveness from it because they're using the wrong products. So it was, it was I guess, those concurrent things kind of happening in my life uh, and going on in my mind at the same time that I thought, oh, wait. We can just use the same type of big data science and machine learning that we're using in this other domain and just change the variables, change the data set, change it to be cannabinoids and terpenes. So then that's kind of you know the light bulb moment where I said, oh, maybe we can be using big data and machine learning to help with this personalization process that I find mandatory for effective cannabis use. The basic concept of Strain Genie is the company analyzes someone's DNA in order to recommend a, a particular cannabis strain for their condition. So can you walk me through the step-by-step -step process? Yeah. Um, so for the end consumer, essentially, uh, there's two routes to, to get what we call a personalized cannabis health report from Strain Genie. Uh, if you've already done a genetic testing, you know, something like a 23andMe or Ancestry.com, you can get your raw data from them and you can upload it to Strangini uh, and we'll generate the personalized cannabis health report. Or you can order one of our kits. We mail it to you. You take a quick swab of your cheek, send it back to our lab. The lab analyzes it, gets us the data, and we send you the report. They do the swab thing, right, in the, the privacy of their own home. Yep. They send it in. Then what happens? Then the lab processes the data, remits that to Strangini. And then Strangini is essentially looking at, so there's biomarkers um, that we've identified in, your, uh, in the genetic sequencing that we do. And essentially these are, these are called SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms. Um, but they're essentially just little segments of DNA, very similar to the terminology of genes, right? So everybody's okay. heard of genes. Right. So yeah, yeah. you say you have a gene for this or a gene for that. A gene is just another way of saying, like, look at this particular segment of DNA. So we've identified 150 such segments that we, through our research, have deemed to be related to cannabis use. And it's on both sides of the coin. Uh, and we can get a little bit deeper into that. But essentially looking into those biomarkers, we're then able to make a personalized cocktail for an individual and say, here's how much THC, here's how much CBD, here's how much CBN, CBG, THCV, so on and so forth. And here's the terpenes you should be looking for. And then, you know, the, the additional bonus of that is that then we're able to look at our product and strain database for which we have lab testing data on and then say, okay, which of these products that are out there in the market cl most closely resemble this ideal personalized cocktail that we've crafted for someone? How do patients react to your recommendations? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they genuinely, you know, seem very impressed and like relieved in a lot of ways to like, you know, we, we get a lot of feedback of saying like, oh my God, like every time I have edibles, I'm gone for four days. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, your report is showing that you have this, you're 30% you're less effective at breaking down THC because you lack this particular enzyme. 
right? So, so yeah, you're going to feel terrible, right? So that's just like, you know, one of many things. But a lot of times people are very excited to learn about the preventative measures that they can be taking with cannabis. Um, so the, the reactions thus far have been, you know, really exciting. Um, you know, unfortunately for whoever's listening in the other parts of the country, you know, sometimes we'll process a report and say, here's your ideal thing. And they're like, uh, well, you know, all my, my dealer just has one thing and he calls it sour diesel. <laughs> you know, it's just like, right. well, hopefully, you know, next time you're in a dispensary, you know what to talk about with your bud tender or, you know, you can look, you know, I wish we could help everyone the way they could be helped, but we so can't it, do so much. It, it, and, and I think that makes perfect sense because not every kind of cannabis or strain or product, whatever that may be, is not going to be available in every state, right? And it can't be yeah. until we have, you know, fed, it's legal at the federal level. Right. Yeah, it's a siloed int- industry, as, as some people like to say. Right so I, I'm curious about one thing. Um, you're not a healthcare provider per se, but do you have to abide by uh, HIPAA laws and patient data? I mean, we're talking about someone's DNA here. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about that side of the business? Yeah. Um, you know, again, we're not medical professionals we're we're merely we're merely trying to provide a bridge of information to people right there's there's these disparate areas of research that exist uh, and we're trying to help people connect the dots so that they feel informed enough to go into a dispensary or order online and be able to bring some form of meaningful insight to their purchase making decision and this this is kind of piggybacking off a research study we did uh, that we published um, showing that 80% of people are looking for some form of personalized recommendation when it comes to cannabis. They need something specific to them. On the other hand, even self-reported by bud tenders, 80% of them claim that they lack or that they have any type of meaningful information to make a product recommendation. To me, that's a gap that is served by just giving the information to people, right? To answer your second point, Yes, 100% absolutely need to be HIPAA compliant. We're dealing with sensitive patient information. Uh, Fortunately, with our other business, we already went through the whole ringer with that. So we have HIPAA compliant servers, PCI level three encryption, data, uh, data and privacy. I mean, that's, you know, that's my background. I was working with people that are in, you know, have severe OCD or have, you know, significant disorders of consciousness, like, and I'm working with, I'm trusted with their data. So, so, you know, I come from a background that really emphasizes data and privacy. So it's of utmost concern at the company. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's crucial. It's really important because you, again, you're talking about someone's DNA and you want to make sure that that's protected. So I, I completely understand that. Um, I'm curious about, I want to circle back to you. We were talking about um, cannabis products. And so have you found that different type of products work better with those results? Like you just mentioned an edible or is a, a, a form of consumption maybe work better for one patient as opposed to another patient? I mean, do you get into, is it that granular? Yeah. So, you know, for particular patients, right, that have specific flags that show up in those biomarkers, we'll go ahead and sit, we won't recommend any edible products for those types of individuals. Or if there's, you know, some type of lung issue, we won't recommend any combustion products for that individual. Which However, makes sense, yeah, right? I mean, right. that's, that's yeah, I get that. So that's kind of like a cursory first pass. However, um, something that I've been doing a lot of research on and writing recently is about which type of consumption method can actually bring you the most medical effectiveness and yield the intended result of whoever created that product. And it seems to be the case that low temperature vaporization 
and or low temperature dabbing is the way to go because oftentimes during combust the combustion process you're denaturing the molecules of the terpenes and you know in some cases cannabinoids as well so that means like you're stripping things away Ex- yeah you're you're essentially rendering that molecule ineffective it's denatured well that's bad the, yeah right so it's like if you wanted something that's high in alpha pinene because you want to take advantage of the medical effects of pinene but you're burning it off into the air what's the point right right <laughs> Fortunately, with vaporizers, like it's very easy because the science has already been done to know the denaturing points of these different terpenes, and you just simply set your vape at a temperature lower than that. So I have a vape that you can control the temperature setting. Perfect. Um, Head of the game. So <laughs> you really you provide that temperature data for a particular strain. Uh, walk. I'm curious about that. Walk, walk me through that. Yeah. So so this is you know you're, uh, we're getting ahead of our current offering, but this is something that I've been doing recently with with just writing of trying to identify that Mm -hmm. um so we do direct people to our blog where this information is currently available excellent that would be a great point actually is is to incorporate some of those insights into the actual report maybe that's something that we'll be doing in in future iterations right because i've noticed with with different strains i mean it for me it's just been a really random thing of what i'm sending that temperature at Mm -hmm. i mean it's not like i'm going from 270 to 380 it's it's within a range right Mm -hmm. but i would think that would be very helpful to people as, as a potential next step. To, so you're cooking it correctly, so to speak, right? <laughs> there you go, yeah. Um, I want to ask about relationships with dispensaries and um, getting to the source of, of cannabis, um, either with farmers or you know cultivators. Do you have relationships with dispensaries that you may be able to, at least in Southern California, uh, send your patients to that particular dispensary because you know they have... X strain, this amount of it, and they're going to be able to get it when they get there. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, I loosely referred to it before, but we do have our parent company, uh, which is Wostork, is an online cannabis marketplace. And that's actually what preceded Strange Genie, is that we built that. And in it, we built the ability for people to review specific products uh, tell us which conditions they have, and we follow them along the journey so that we say, oh, here's a product that was recommended for you. Did that work? Did it help with the medical condition that you're looking for? And what we do with Wostork is we partner with dispensaries. We have about 120 dispensaries under contract throughout California, and we allow for a person to find the product they need and then place an order with a dispensary, and all the geolocation is automatic. So the next step for Strange Genie is to take it out of that PDF into a Wostork profile or a Strange Genie profile page where you see your recommended products, you click on it, two clicks, it's in your cart. Are you going to rely, let's take it a step further, are you then going to be using a delivery service or a subscription service to deliver that medicine to the patient? Yeah, so we rely on the dispensary for fulfillment. So we pass the order along to the dispensary and oftentimes the dispensaries we partner with do have home delivery. Um, So in that case, that order goes out immediately and we take care of all the logistics, but the dispensaries actually, our entire company is non-plant touching. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll actually take care of the fulfillment for us. This show started because of my first experiences at a dispensary where uh, I went in and thought I knew exactly what I wanted, um, went in, was completely intimidated by the experience, walked out with the wrong product, and the first episode of this of this podcast was called Don't Fear the Dispensary. 
So I want to circle back to that something you said earlier that you know bud tenders um, might not be educated or knowledgeable about being able to provide accurate information to to a patient. Is that something that either one of your companies is trying to help with? I mean, are you working with dispensary owners, any kind of training programs, or is that down the road? Or I mean, because it's such a pivotal, it's a crucial element, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the tech offering that we had with Wostark was intended to, you know, serve as this virtual bud tender where you can spend a little bit more time, right? You can get to know the product, answer questions, really have a more personalized experience. That being said, you know, I, and I don't intend ever to come off as, you know, de-emphasizing the importance of bud tenders. Um, oh, exactly. You know, I, no, yeah. but we all <laughs> no, recognize that yes, there's an educational level that gap. needs to be increased within the industry. Yeah. So, so you know, a big portion of, you know, uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up because a lot of, we've had a lot of interest with bringing our online experience to in-store experiences, whereby you can sit at a kiosk, answer a questionnaire, and then it pools the insights from that dispensary's inventory to recommend you a product right then and there in the store. So we're, we're currently in the process of, of finishing the technology to make that happen. We have it right now for dispensaries to access on their website or in a kiosk, um, but we're putting the filing touches on the personalization part of that. God, I love that. That's such a great idea. I mean, think about that. I mean, that takes the level of service to a whole new level. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a white glove for everyone. Right. Personalized. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Um, You mentioned that you don't touch flower um, or you don't touch plant. But do you envision ever developing your own strains? I mean, as a brand and as as the next step in that process. So you're now a horizontal and vertical company. Yeah, I like the way I like the way you think Um, that's actually the exact direction that the company has been going in for a little bit now. See, it's um, good that I wore my glasses, so I'm smarter today. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> Quite astute. Um, yeah, so again, you know, at the end of the day, we're, let's call it what it is, we're a bunch of data science nerds. <laughs> so we like to kind of, you know, we, we like to, everything's data driven. Yeah, yeah. Um, so even our product design, our first product uh, that we've developed is actually a little pod that's com- compatible with the Jewel device. I don't know. Yes, yes, sure. The, the, the 75% the, market share. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. The, the vape pen exactly. vape company, right? Yeah, so we've created a pod that's compatible with that, that the that has 500 milligrams of CBD, a specifically high dosage, because that's where the actual effectiveness of CBD is. Um, don't get me started on that. It'll be another podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, there may be a follow-up, sir. Um, but uh, uh, so what we did, um, and this is really you know led by uh, David Chester, one of the co-founders, which is a brilliant, brilliant data scientist. He's also a PhD at UCLA, undergrad MIT. Wicked smart guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. But he essentially looked at our what we call activity groups, which is the way that we categorize all of the different strains and products that exist within our database. So we have this gold standard database that or we consider to be gold standard. And we've essentially clustered all of the products and strains in that into six distinct groups. Right. So it's a lot of things. And all of them, they kind of coat the subjective experience uh, quite well. So it's, you know, energize, elevate, create, medicate, sleep, chill. Right, so you can kind of see how most cannabis experiences fall into one of those buckets. And those are traditional buckets. I mean, yeah, that's, you're, yeah. not, you're not going out on a limb here. Yeah, exactly. So, 
And what's great though is that the data showed us that. We didn't even put oh, that in. Oh, wow. We, <laughs> so that was really cool. But anyway, so our first product, right, is a chill pod, we call it. And now those chill pods, they, the ingredients in there are taken from insights of all of the composite products and strains that made up that cluster we were talking about of chill. So we took essentially 17 different terpenes and arranged their quantity, right, or, or the ratio across them to most closely match the centroid of that cluster, right? Like what is, what is chill? We've distilled it into this particular product and combined it with a high doses of CBD. It has an amazing taste and flavor. And it, it's funny, we did some like initial testing and we we're just giving it to people and we're like, and they, they took on it and they say, I don't know what it is, but this feels chill. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, long-winded answer of saying, yes, we, we intend to get deep into the uh, data-driven product development. <laughs> I, I think they call that branding. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so who are your customers? Who are you going after? I mean, this seems like it could be so wide-ranging, but do you have a particular demographic that you're going after? Uh, to be honest, I'm for as meticulous as I am with data uh, on the marketing side, you know, I, I haven't really narrowed it down to too much of a single demographic, mainly because, you know, I, I know that, you know, investment people don't like to hear this, but a, so many people are under our total addressable market because CBD stands to help with so many different things, right? We're getting back to the original points. Like you're everybody, last time I checked, everybody has an endocannabinoid system. <laughs> last <laughs> exactly. time I checked, everyone right. needs to be in homeostasis and everybody gets knocked out of it once in a while. Now, that being said, a lot of our customers do tend to be a little bit older mm -hmm. in age, mm -hmm. um, which is fantastic um, because, you know, in our experience, they've been very willing to spend the time that's needed to, you know, take a chance, not take a chance, but like understand what they're about to consume, which a lot of times in younger demographics, it's just like, okay, like what do you got and how right. cheap is sure. it? Right? Sure, sure. So it's a little bit different of a mindset. Um, but yeah, long-winded way of saying no. Well, and your, your older dem demographic is going to be a little bit more of a, shall we say, an educated medical consumer, right? Because, <laughs> gee, this is brilliant. But as you get older, you tend to have more issues, right? So <laughs> mm -hmm. I, that's why I asked, because I, I, it seems to me that the older demographic might be prime candidates for you. But, it, that, but it's not limited to that. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, you hit it on the head. I know the, the company's fairly new. Um, but have you seen any kind of reaction from the healthcare professional community about, about what you're doing? Yeah, um, my, my phone will not stop ringing from <laughs> medical doctors across the country really that are requesting to buy these kits in wholesale so that they can recommend it to their users. I mean, our last investment round was led by a group of doctors who, are, who have medical marijuana practices across the East Coast and they say, okay, here's your recommendation. Sorry, can't, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Go check out the dispensary nearby, which was my first experience with a medical marijuana doctor. So they're chomping at the bit to be able to provide someone with at least a little bit more information. Right to guide their product decisions, right? Because especially exactly. on the East Coast, it's so expensive. <laughs> and, you know, for a fraction of the cost, you can help, you know, curtail that discovery process a little bit. Well, and I write all the time that, that using medicinal cannabis, it is about experimentation. And you, need, mm -hmm. you do need to have an open mind. And don't go out and buy an eighth. 
buy a gram until you find what might be working for you. So again, I, I just think that the whole idea is is completely brilliant and is it's it's the next step, I think, within the industry to really help people on the medicinal side of things. Yeah. I I couldn't agree. Do more. you agree? I think, I think yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so so Nico, where can people find you online? And we'll list both companies and we'll put some links in the show notes, but sure. but where can people find you? Yeah, so we're you know, we're predominantly on our domain strangeini.com. Um, we're trying to stay active as possible on Instagram, strangeini. Uh, at at Strangini, <laughs> um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, trying to get a little bit more active on LinkedIn. All right, so we'll we'll put that all in the like I said, we'll put that all in the show notes so people can find you. Um, and thank you so much for taking time today. When we first met, uh, I I really wanted to sit down and have a conversation with you because I really do think that this is going to be important to a lot of people. So thank you for taking the time today. Thank you for listening to Cannabis for the Rest of Us. Please subscribe and help us grow. Check out our show notes for more information about this podcast, Gata Story Media, and our sponsor, Three Wells. You can find us at gotastory.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-S-T-O-R-Y dot com.